0: Welcome to Hot Copy Radio Theater. You are about to hear a cast of very talented voice performers recreate a long-lost episode of Hot Copy, an exciting audio drama about the wild adventures of a young woman newspaper reporter, which was broadcast on the NBC Radio Network between 1941 and 1944. This recreation is adapted from the original script. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy.
1: It's time for Hot Copy, the vivid drama behind the paragraphs of a daily newspaper column. Hot Copy is the absorbing story of a young newspaper woman, Ann Rogers, a clever, attractive girl with a nationally syndicated column, Second Glance, in which she uncovers many events which other, less courageous reporters would be afraid to touch. Her stories, in the words of her adventurous profession, are always Hot Copy. And now, today's new and exciting episode, The Kiss of Death. Originally broadcast November 28th, 1943.
2: ...to get some sleep.
3: Mr. Matthews! Mr. Matthews, sir! Mr. Matthews? What? Who? Oh... It's just you. What is
2: it? Are you all right, sir? Am I all right? Of course I'm all right. Well, well, don't stand outside my door tapping like
3: like a blasted raven. Come in. I hope I didn't wake you, sir. I'm sorry I disturbed you, except you seemed so restless. I thought I might be of service.
2: You can. Just open that confounded window, then get out of here. Leave me
3: alone. Open the window, sir? But the damp night air! I don't believe you should. I said open the window! Yes, sir. Very well, sir. Sir, it's very nasty out. Sharp wind. Nonsense. It's a beautiful night. Look at that moon. Big. Full. Now, what are you doing, Devons? Just fixing your medicine, sir. I thought, since you're so restless, this medicine could help. I don't want any medicine. All I
2: want is... Yes, sir? What
3: is that stuff? Is it something to make me sleep? I'm sure I don't know, sir. But if it will calm your nerves, then I think you should take it. You've been quite nervous of late, sir.
2: Yes, I know. Sorry, Devons, But you'd be nervous, too, if...
3: Well, just give it to me. Yes, sir. I'm sure it will make you feel a lot better, sir. A lot better. Oh,
2: Oh. nasty stuff. Well, good night, Devons. Good night, sir. this. I have to see the doc in the morning. Get him to give me some... What's that? In the window. Looks like a... a bat. A blasted bat. Shoo! Get out of here, nasty, filthy... Confound it! The thing got in! Where... Flew right into my face Cold, clinging little claws Hey, my throat Get away from biting teeth Blood, get away Get away Oh, my throat Be. It's a hallucination. Delirium from not sleeping. But, uh, wait.
3: What's that? Make you feel a lot better. Make you feel a lot better. Make you feel a lot better. What? Devon's voice?
2: No. I'm dreaming all this. Somehow it can't be real can't be. I've got to see the doctor in the morning. Got to see the doc.
4: He loved this girl, but she didn't love him, see? So... He joins the Air Force and gets sent to India. Annie! Annie! Can you hear me, Annie? What? What do you want, Sprightly? I said, can you hear me? Hear you? Of course I can hear you. Everyone in the building can hear you. (laughs) I don't think you've been listening to even one word I've said. And here I am trying to tell you about this perfectly marvelous movie that I saw last night. Oh, I'm sorry, Sprightly, But how on earth can you work and talk at the same time? I just type with my finger, Sugar Plum. I don't think with them. Well, do you want to hear about the rest of the picture or not? Of course I do. Go ahead, Sprightly. Well, a little time goes by and this girl joins the army to help with the war effort. Then, just by chance, she ends up in a troop that also gets sent to India. My, what a coincidence! (laughs) Well, there wouldn't have been any picture if she hadn't, would there? So anyway, she gets quartered in a creepy old building, that used to be some kind of temple, and it's filled with bats. Bats? Ugh. Double ugh, because these things turn out to be vampire bats. What now? Vampire? <laughs> oh, sprightly. not really. Yes. Oh, it was absolutely thrilling. Gave me duck bumps up and down my spine. No doubt. But that's not all. There was this horrible old caretaker. And? And he turned out to be a vampire, too. Just like Dracula. Oh, Spritely, you've got to be kidding. Even Hollywood couldn't make a movie like that. (laughs) Oh, couldn't they? Then how do you think my fingernails got chewed down to the knuckles like this? Well, anyhow, after about three of the... Other girls had died. She's all alone in this old building at midnight. Oh, Dawn, just when I was getting to the exciting part. Miss Rogers' office? Yes? Send him in, please. Who is it? Inspector Collins. Really? I wonder what...
0: Hello, Anne. Hello, Spritely.
4: Hi, Inspector. Hello. What brings you here, Inspector?
0: Business, I'm afraid. And I've just received a phone call from the home of Everett Matthews.
4: Everett Matthews? That oddball broker? Don't she talk polite? Wacky old bucket shop operator, I'd call him. What's cooking with that human crab, Inspector?
0: He's dead.
4: He's he's dead? Dead? Oh, my gosh.
0: Yes, and under extremely peculiar circumstances. I don't know much about it at this point, but from the way his butler talked. Well, anyway, the rest of the homicide boys are on their way up there. I started driving, and I happened to remember that your office is on the way. And since you are always interested in unusual cases,
4: yes, of course. But what are these peculiar circumstances, Inspector?
0: Well, it's... it's too strange to mention just now. But, if you and Sprayly would like to come with me. Yes, sir? Police detective. I believe some of my men are already here. Ah, come right in, sir. The
3: other gentlemen are upstairs, sir. You're the butler, I take it? Yes, sir. The name is Devons, sir. You're the one who called us? Yes, sir. It was a dreadful thing, sir. I... I still can't believe he's... He's really gone, sir.
4: Might as well clap the cups on him now, Inspector. Huh? Spritely, what are you talking about? Well, you know, it's always the butler. Oh, Spritely, just hush.
3: I beg your pardon, miss?
4: Oh, nothing,
3: Devons. Quite so, miss. Right in here, please.
5: Who... Ah, it's you, Inspector. Come right in. Come right in.
2: Just one more, please. Kneel beside the body, Doc. That's it. There. Thanks.
5: Good. Now, if you've all quite finished taking pictures, I will thank you to get out of here.
2: Okay. Okay, Doc. Mike, grab all your stuff and let's go. Hang on just a minute.
5: Inspector. I'm Mike Kent of the Daily Express. You got any statement to make on
0: this murder?
4: Murder? I told you. Arrest the butler.
0: I'm sorry, Kent. Not just now. Just got here myself. Drop back in the afternoon. But that's too late for the story to be in our paper, Inspector. I'm sorry this afternoon is the best I can do. Okay.
2: Come on, Mike. Let's blow.
0: Oh, hello, Anne. You're here?
2: I guess that ditch is my story. We'll read all about it in her column tomorrow.
0: Well, quite a reputation you've got, Anne.
4: Yes, isn't it? <laughs> is, is that Mr. Matthews?
0: That was Mr. Matthews. Oh, Doc, I'd like you to meet Anne Rogers. She writes the Second Glance column, you know. And this is Dr. Gray Armstrong, the county coroner. Hello. Have you examined the body, Doc?
5: Yes, I've examined it.
0: Well, any objection if we have a look?
5: Wait, you mean with the young ladies?
0: Why, yes. I
5: believe they'd better not.
4: You mean it's that bad?
5: No, I mean it is very... odd. Inspector, you remember the butler said the cause of Matthew's death was most unusual?
0: Yes, that's why I asked Miss Rogers to come with me. She has helped us many times in the past. She has an amazing knack for solving... odd cases. I see. Well, I'm afraid her
5: knack may not be of much service this time. I've been in the medical profession for many years, but all those years, I've never seen anything so completely... baffling. As this.
4: Doctor, what do you mean?
5: I mean, I I don't know what I mean. If I trust my scientific knowledge, I would say it was impossible to die as he seems to have died. But if I believe the evidence of my eyes and my intuition, I must admit things unknown to medical science.
4: He, He was murdered then?
5: Yes, apparently he was murdered. Or, at least, he didn't die by his own hand.
4: Was he hacked up much?
5: No, there was no large mark on his body.
4: Then poison, maybe? No. Then what, doctor?
5: (sighs) You're newspaper women. Perhaps I'd better show you after all. Yes, I'll need witnesses to prove that I am not insane. Come over here. Now, Inspector, if you'll lift the end of the sheet, but
0: please be careful. (gasps) What? I don't understand. He looks peaceful.
4: But completely white? Dead white? Almost like bloodless?
0: Yes,
5: that is just what I'm afraid of. I'll have to perform an autopsy at the morgue. But please, look here, on his throat. Just over the jugular vein.
4: Two tiny holes, like fang marks. What? Annie, that movie I saw last night, it was just like this. Those are the marks of the kiss of death. The teeth of a vampire. Vampire? No, Sprightly. This is not a movie, and we are not in a creepy castle in Transylvania a hundred years ago. This is real life in a big city in the USA in the present day. There are more things under heaven and earth than um. What you call it? Well, whatever way it goes, Annie, those are the teeth marks of a vampire, or I'm a um. Ugh
3: i beg your pardon sir yes devins what is it sir dr arthur lorentz he came to see mr matthews i thought it best to admit him sir yes very good devins show him in quite sir dr lorentz please step inside sir a doctor perhaps he was matthews' personal physician inspector this is Dr. Arthur Lorentz
0: Good morning. Hello.
4: Hi. Nice to meet you.
0: You were his personal physician? No, I was not.
5: Inspector, I am sorry, but I cannot allow anyone to touch the body before the autopsy.
6: No, no, I, I, I need
5: to clarify.
6: I am not a medical doctor at all. My degree is in philosophy, the higher metaphysics, I am a student of the esoteric sciences.
4: I remember now. I've been wondering where I heard your name before. You run that phony spiritualism joint on Lower Eighth Avenue.
6: My dear Miss Rogers, you see, I know your name too. The Temple of Exotic Mysteries is a thoroughly reputable place of worship, and if my humble followers choose to profess a faith that is other than those held by the unenlightened.
0: Wait a minute. You mean that Matthews was one of your followers? Yes. He professed the faith. May his soul rest in nirvana. Never mind that. I suppose that, like all the rest of your suckers, he was a heavy contributor to your temple? Really, Inspector? There is no reason. Was he? Well, Mr. Matthews had contributed
6: from... Time to time. In fact, he was an ardent supporter of our
5: movement. The
6: purpose of my visit today was to ask him for a small contribution.
5: Or to check up on your work, maybe?
6: I'm afraid I do not understand, sir.
5: You don't happen to delve into the very exotic in your studies, do you? Lycanthropy, vampirism, that sort of thing?
6: Those are evil arts, sir. We do
5: not follow. Well, there you are, Inspector. Looks like your man walked right into your hands. What? I don't know how he did it, but it's easy to see why. I'm only the medical examiner. You're the cop. But if I were you, I'd hold this phony for the killing of Everett Matthews.
4: are working desperately to solve what is undoubtedly the weirdest murder case in the annals of the city. Until the apprehension of the ingenious killer, the second glance column will devote its efforts to finding a solution of the crime. Got that, Sprightly? Solution of the crime. Period. Yep, I got it, Annie. Then, let's call it a day. I'm tired. You're tired. I feel like an accident looking for some place to happen. How about Dr. Arthur Lawrence? You didn't mention him at all. Why? So I could get sued for libel? Not on your life. Inspector Collins didn't hold him. Insufficient evidence. I'll get it. Hello? Anne Rogers?
5: Miss Rogers, this is the vampire.
4: The vampire? Annie, who is it? Shh. Sprightly, trace this call.
5: It will do you no good to trace this call, Miss Rogers. What I have to say can be said quickly. Drop the Matthews case. That is my warning and advice. Drop it now.
4: And if I don't?
5: You will, Miss Rogers, or the vampire will kiss again. And the vampire's kiss is the kiss.
4: the kiss of
1: we will return to our exciting episode of hot copy in just a minute but first a word from our sponsor
7: In 1804, Lewis and Clark was sent on an expedition to find a Northwest water passage to the Pacific Ocean from the Mississippi River in America. This is the story of Bird Woman, Sacagawea's soaring guidance and sharp-eyed leadership on this journey. Bird Woman, Sacagawea was a Shoshone Native American young woman found among the man tribe in what is present-day North Dakota. Bird Woman, our nine-episode adventure. We hope you find this fierce adventure enticing. Thank you for coming along on our startling adventure.
1: And now, back to Hot Copy. Ann Rogers is investigating the strange death of eccentric stockbroker Everett Matthews, who is found dead in his bedroom with two small holes in his throat above the jugular vein. According to the medical testimony of the coroner, Matthews was killed by... a vampire bat! Back at her office, Ann Rogers has just received a mysterious telephone call from someone who calls himself... the Vampire, who is warning her to drop the case or suffer the same fate.
4: Who was it, Annie? I don't know. He disguised his voice. He was trying to sound like Dracula. You better call Inspector Collins and tell him. Too late now. I'll get him first thing in the morning. <laughs> the vampire. <laughs> well... "'That settles one little matter anyway.' "'Yeah. What's that, Annie?' "'Everett Matthews wasn't the victim of any weird attack by a vampire. He was murdered by a human.' "'But—but but the vein marks in his throat. And remember that Dr. Armstrong said that when he conducted the autopsy he found that the veins had been almost drained of their blood?' "'Well, I don't understand it, Sprightly. Yes, it's mysterious and ingenious, but it's the work of a flesh and blood killer. I think the phone call proves that. And tomorrow we begin to track that killer down before he kisses again. <laughs>
7: That wind. It sounds like a lost soul wailing. A lost soul? <laughs> what am I talking about? I don't want to think about things like that. Bad enough waiting in this. This horrible place without... (laughs) I wonder when he's coming. It's almost... No. It's past midnight. He told me he'd be here as soon as he... (laughs) It's you. So you got here. Finally. Well? It's about time. What's come over you, anyway? Developing a ghoulish sense of humor or something? Telling me to meet you in a cemetery at midnight? Hey, why aren't you saying anything? Don't just stand there staring at me. You look like a big black bat in the moonlight. Well. Did you bring the stuff? Then, give it to me, and let's get out of here. Hey! Hey! Wait a minute! What's the big idea? Keep your distance, you dirty old buzzard! Don't you dare! Get your hands off me! What are you doing? My throat! No! You! (laughs)
4: Yes? Hello? Miss Rogers? This is Ann Rogers. Yes?
5: Hello, this is Dr. Armstrong calling.
4: Uh, Dr. Armstrong?
5: Dr. Gray Armstrong, the county coroner.
4: Oh, my, yes! Uh, Dr. Armstrong...
5: Sorry to wake you at this hour of the morning, but uh, I'm calling about the Matthews murder.
4: All right, but couldn't it wait till morning? I mean, I'm very...
5: I could wait indefinitely, Miss Rogers, but apparently murder doesn't stand still for anyone's convenience.
4: Murder? You mean the vampire has kissed again? I beg your pardon? Oh, excuse me. I forgot you didn't know. I meant the murderer has...
5: Professional entertainer, I believe.
4: What is it, Annie? Shh, sprightly. Later. But, Dr. Armstrong, where? When? And how?
5: We know very little about it. A night watchman found her, dead, in the Fairfield
4: Cemetery. Cemetery?
5: Yes, and she was just like Mr. Matthews bone white, drained of her blood, with two jagged tooth marks in her throat.
4: Oh. How ghastly!
5: I'm going to perform an autopsy immediately. Your friend, Inspector Collins, is on his way down. He suggested I call you. He thought you might want to see the body before I...
4: Yes, of course. I'll be right down. Thank you for calling, Doctor. Annie, for Pete's sake, what's up? Why are you getting dressed at this ungodly hour of the morning? Sprightly, thank goodness you decided to stay overnight at my apartment. We are going out. Going out? At this time of night? That was the coroner. There's been another murder. No. Yes, and we are going out to see the body. See see the b-body? Who? Me? Yes, you. Now hurry. Go get your clothes on. We don't have a moment to waste. But, but, Annie, I... Well, all right. But where is the body? Downtown, in the morgue. Morgue? Oh. (coughs) Maybe there's nobody here, Annie. We better go away and come back later in the daylight. Why, Sprightly Poole, you're shivering. I think you're frightened. Frightened? Me? Of course not. I'm just a little... petrified, that's all. Oh! Yeah? I'm Ann Rogers, and this is my assistant, Miss Poole. We received a telephone call from the coroner.
6: Yeah. Come in.
4: Has Inspector Collins arrived yet?
5: Collins? I don't know nothing. Who is that there? Ah, Miss Rogers. I, um... I didn't know you were bringing your secretary with you.
4: Miss Poole was visiting overnight at my apartment, Doctor. I didn't think you'd mind if she came along.
5: No, no, of course not. I mean... If if she wants to. It's a grisly business, that's all. Muldoon, you can go home now. Oh, okay, Doc. Uh, thanks. Good night.
4: Go home? Isn't he the night watchman?
5: Well, yes, but we're not too strict about that. <laughs> There's nothing here that anyone would want to steal, you know.
4: You ain't kidding.
5: So whenever one of the officials is on the premises, we allow the watchman to leave early.
4: I see. But who will open the door for Inspector Collins?
5: Inspector? Oh, oh, oh yes, of course. Uh, he has a, a pass key. Well, Miss Rogers, this is a gruesome affair. You're certain you want to go through with it? I will warn you, the victim won't be pretty.
4: Nevertheless, I've sworn to help track down this criminal.
5: I see. Very well, then. Please follow me.
4: Yes, Doctor. Come on, Sprightly. Look, Annie, suppose instead I wait here for Collins. I mean, somebody ought to be here to meet him. Oh, Sprightly.
5: Not a bad idea at that, Miss Rogers. The inspector might have forgotten his key. In that case, Miss Poole could let him in.
4: Yeah, that's right. Well?
5: Good. Please, come this way, Miss Rogers. It's just down this corridor. In here? That's right. I am... You look ill, Miss Rogers.
4: Uh, no, I... It's just these. These.
5: I warned you that this would be unpleasant. A morgue is hardly a pleasant place, but becomes much less frightening when you understand what we do here. Now, we use these marble slabs just as a surgeon uses a table in the operating room.
4: They're huge, aren't they?
5: Oh, very. They weigh about four hundred pounds.
4: And the bodies? All inclaimed?
5: Yes. There are many unsolved deaths in a city of this size, Miss Rogers.
4: I suppose so. I can't say I've ever stopped to think of it before.
5: We keep the remains, well, as long as it's possible to do so. Then, if they're unidentified, they are quietly buried in the potter's field.
4: Those poor souls. Um, which is the young lady?
5: Miss Willington, right over here. You're certain that you want...
4: Yes, please.
5: Very well. Let me draw back this sheet.
4: Oh, my.
5: Well, Miss Rogers?
4: Just like you said, the same as Mr. Matthews. She's pale as a ghost. Her skin is almost as white as the sheet.
5: Look at her throat. What do you see?
4: Two tiny jagged holes, like tooth marks. I've seen enough, Doctor.
5: I'm sorry to upset you, Miss Rogers.
4: Oh, don't worry, you didn't. Seriously, you didn't. I mean, well, it is upsetting. But now, after seeing that, I'm more determined than ever to solve these horrible crimes.
5: Miss Rogers... Would you take the advice of an old man and drop this crusade you've embarked upon?
4: Doctor? What? I don't understand.
5: You're a very brilliant and and attractive young lady, Miss Rogers. You have a fine career before you. I wouldn't like to see that career end, suddenly, on one of these slabs.
4: Don't worry about that, Doctor. This killer is more clever than most, no doubt about that. But there's one thing I've seen proved time and time again. No murderer commits a perfect crime. Even the smartest leaves some clue. Make one error.
5: But perhaps we aren't dealing with a a human murderer. Miss Rogers, I'm a medical man, so perhaps—I shouldn't say this, but there are strange, evil forces in the world.
4: Do you mean vampirism? Oh, no, Doctor— That's what the killer wanted us to think. But actually...
5: My dear Miss Rogers, I have already told you. I examined these bodies. I found them drained of their blood. No human agency...
4: I know. That's what puzzles me. If it were not for your examination, I'd think... Yes? Well, nothing. Except that... Well, it looks to me as if the killer must have planned this far in advance... He not only had to arrange for the murders of his victims, but arranged that the true cause of their death could never be detected. Not even by another medical man. Not even by another... Well? Um, Dr. Armstrong, hadn't we better be getting back? I mean, Miss Poole may be wondering where...
5: Miss Poole is perfectly all right, Miss Rogers.
4: Uh, yes, of course. But when Inspector Collins arrives...
5: Inspector Collins is not going to arrive, Miss Rogers.
4: What? But you said...
5: I said that he was on his way, yes. But, uh, he isn't. In fact, Inspector Collins doesn't even know that Miss Willington was killed. Or that you are here. Or that I am.
4: Then it was you!
5: Yes. Your logic is unassailable, Miss Rogers. I am the only medical man in the city who can successfully cover his crimes. I am the vampire.
4: Sprightly! Sprightly!
5: I'm afraid that is useless, Miss Rogers. She can't hear you through these heavy walls and doors.
4: What are you doing? No! That hypodermic!
5: Believe me, my dear young newspaper woman, it won't hurt. Just a small injection.
4: No, you won't get away with this. Sprightly knows I came in here with you.
5: Yes, uh, I, I shall go outside and call her in a few moments. That is, after you are quiet. She will come inside unsuspectingly. The watchman knows, too. Quite so. But he will say nothing. You see, he receives his drugs from me, as did the unfortunate Miss Willington and Matthews, as well.
4: Drugs. That's the answer.
5: Precisely. I had quite a pleasant little clientele in Narcotics, Miss Rogers, until my suppliers in China were apprehended by the police, and I was cut off, which meant my clients were cut off as well. But some of them were unable to understand that I could no longer supply them, and threatened me. I could not take that risk. So they ended up here. Here. "'on these marble slabs. "'But now, no more of this idle chatter. "'I have no time to waste on you. "'However, I promise it will be entirely painless. First, I will administer the anesthesia "'with this hypodermic needle.
4: "'Let go of my arm! Get away from me! Let me go!
5: "'Miss Rogers, don't try to avoid me. "'You can't possibly get away.' There is no place for you to go. Wait, wait, stay away from that slab. It could easily fall on you. Be careful. You see, I-I don't want to hurt you. I don't want you to suffer. Come now. Let's just get it over with. Come around to this side of the slab. No, don't lean against it. You fool. I might be-Look out! <laughs> No.
4: <laughs> sprightly, sprightly, coming! I'm coming, Annie. Coming.
0: And so, Anne.
4: Well, that's all there is to tell. He had to kill them, because he couldn't supply them with the dope he'd been feeding them, and his victims were threatening to expose him as a dope peddler. The butler had told us how nervous Mr. Matthews had been lately, but that was actually just his reaction from not getting his regular dope supply.
0: Yes, and that Dr. Armstrong was the personal physician that gave him the poisoned medicine that killed him.
4: Hydrocyanic acid it was. And the new Honest Autopsy told us that... But that was the clever part of Armstrong's scheme. As the county coroner, he was in a perfect position to disguise any symptoms of poisoning, and to further cloud the matter by raising suspicions against Arthur Lawrence. Don't forget those two hypodermic needle holes. The teeth of the bat. (laughs) That's right. Although in both cases they were created after the victim's death. Dr. Armstrong worked in complete privacy to heighten the deception. He made the punctures look like teeth marks, and later he told us their veins were practically bloodless when he examined them. Mine were, especially when I ran down that corridor and found you lying next to the door. And then, when I looked inside, I saw Armstrong. Ugh.
0: How did it happen, Anne?
4: I... I don't know exactly. I remember that he was walking, stalking me, around the marble slab. All I could think to do was to stay out of his reach. And the only way I could do that was to keep that table between us. I think I sort of bumped against it and realized that it was loose at the bottom. The pedestal.
0: So then what?
4: I... I pushed it. I don't know what would happen. I just wanted to create a distraction. I certainly didn't intend to kill him. But just then he slipped and fell as he was backing away. The slab fell right on him before he even had a chance to move.
0: Well, it's over now, Anne. It was justice.
4: Poetic justice.
1: <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Hot Copy Radio Theater. We truly hope that you enjoyed our presentation of The Kiss of Death, a lost episode of the radio audio drama Hot Copy, originally broadcast on November 28, 1943. Our cast on this episode featured Rhonda Sigler Ware as Ann Rogers, Samantha Thompson as Sprightly Poole, Christian Newhouse as Inspector Collins, Jerry Kokich as Coroner Armstrong, Scott Barry as Devons the Butler, Jeremy Sage as Dr. Arthur Lawrence, Miss Kit Karen as Dolly Willingham, Ryan Saro as Everett Matthews, Frank Guyamelli as newspaper reporter Mike Kent, George Worrell as Muldoon, the Night Watchman, Chris Hansen as the news photographer, and finally, your announcer, Logan Smith. All sound effects are from freesound.org. This episode was adapted from the original script written by Nelson S. Bond. Hot Copy Radio Theater is produced and edited under the direction of Jim Goodluck. Now, if you like this show, please take a moment of your time and go to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes. Then, give a 5-star rating and review for Hot Copy Radio Theater. And, if your favorite streaming service carries this show and allows you to give a rating, please be sure to rate us there also. Finally, if you would like to contact any of the voice actors from this episode, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions in regard to this show, please send an email to hotcopyradiotheater at gmail.com. You can also follow this show on Twitter as at Hot Copy Radio. In addition, we have a Facebook page where you can make comments and give feedback. We invite you to tune in again on the 10th of each month for another thrilling presentation of Hot Copy Radio Theater.